Awesome, great. So now we've got Sid coming to talk to us um, about living by faith and not by sight. So he's going to come and he's going to yeah, just talk to us a little bit about um, that subject. So get comfy, don't fall asleep, listen carefully because it's going to be good. I'm sure he'll make you laugh. No pressure. Cool. So here's Sid. Uh, guys, uh, the first thing I want to tell you today is that God isn't actually impressed by us. Uh, whether we do really good things or really bad things, it's kind of impossible to impress God because he knows everything and he knows everything we're going to do. Does that make sense? Uh, and so uh, I want to start by telling you a story. When I was 17, I was partway through a four-year uh, kind of obsession with a girl called Vicky. And uh, every year for four years, I asked Vicky out. And every year for four years, Vicky said, no. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, it took about 12 months to get back from that crushing defeat of, oh no, she's rejected me to, no, I can do this, I can. Maybe, maybe I can convince her that I'm really cool again. And I'll ask her, and she'd go, no, a bit like last time. No. <laughs> I go, ah, oh, no, this is terrible. And uh, it took me four years to figure out she really, no actually meant no. And uh, so that's a good lesson. It took me four years. It took me all of college and then a couple of years after that. Uh, and when I was 17, I was partway through this very important journey. And uh, Vicky announced that she was going to go skydiving. And uh, this is for two reasons. Number one, Vicky was quite brave. And number two, uh, she was a nice person who was raising money for charity. Uh, and so in my 17-year-old mind, uh, I realized that Vicky could never love anyone who wasn't more manly than her, because I'm a man, and she's a girl. I had to be more manly. So I was like, well, if she's going skydiving, she'll never go out with me unless I've also been skydiving. Does that make sense? That, that obviously makes sense. That made sense to me. Ah, you know when you've been tangoed and have an orange microphone. Sorry, this isn't relationship advice I'm giving you today. This, if some of you are wondering and writing notes, stop now, because um, this all ends quite badly. So I'm getting ready to get on this plane, and I'm thinking, man, I've just paid 180 quid to do something I really don't want to do, uh, all because I'm trying to impress this girl. And uh, so we get on the plane. Actually, during, there's this briefing that you have to do beforehand that takes the whole day, okay? So as if it wasn't scary enough already, I'm turning up thinking, right, we'll get there. They'll strap us in. We'll do it. It'll be over. Okay, guys, we've got um, just six hours of safety briefing to go through. And I'm thinking, oh, no, six hours. I was hoping to be home with a cup of tea trembling in my bed by then. So <laughs> there's this guy, and I'm stood obviously behind Vicky, further back in the crowd of people. Like, I couldn't stand up straight. I was stood with my hands on my knees like this going, oh, no, what am I doing? This is, I don't know if you can get this fear that I was feeling, but it was something epic. And uh, so we got in this plane. And we get up to 10,000 feet, at which point we're going to do the slightly unnatural thing of just jumping out the door. Uh, I was happy to jump out of a plane, assuming it was on the ground, but uh, apparently you have to do it from uh, 10,000 feet. So that was pretty messed up. And uh, so we got to 10,000 feet, and I'm nervous, okay, already, and, but I'm putting on my James Bond face. And uh, I'm there with, 
with slightly, it's quite hard to look like James Bond because James Bond would have his own parachute, but I was attached to a rather chubby ex-paratrooper guy with a skinhead. And, it, and because the plane was small, I had to sit on his lap, which obviously when you're trying to be really manly, that's got, it's quite, hey, Vicky, look at me sitting on this chubby man's lap, <laughs> trying not to cack my Calvins. Uh, and uh, so anyway, we get to 10,000 feet and the horrible moment of having to fall out of a plane is about to arrive when this thing comes over the, the tannoy and the guy goes, uh, we've just uh, been talking to Heathrow Airport. And I'm thinking, what? We, we were near Oxford at this point. And uh, the guys at aircraft uh, traffic control had uh, called all airplanes within, I don't know how many miles, but quite a long way because Oxford isn't that close to London. And that we all have to fly below 7,000 7,000 meters because there's been some kind of attempted hijack at Heathrow. I'm not joking, this really happened. I'm thinking, oh great, okay, so now not only do I have to jump out of a plane, and it's, you know, scary enough as it is, but there's also potentially going to be a hijacked plane flying around with fighter jets shooting at it. So I'm thinking, great, this is definitely not my day. So there comes this horrible moment where I'm sat on the edge of the plane, except I'm not sat on the plane. I'm sat on a fat paratrooper and uh, on his lap, which is like, it's pretty awkward. And, uh, and I realized that the only part of me actually still touching the plane is the back of my heels, which are touching the outside of the plane underneath. And I can't hear anything, and the wind's blowing so hard that if I shouted, uh, actually, I don't want to do this, he'd go, yeah, great, let's go. He couldn't hear me, so there's no point. So I just thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to go. I'm going to die trying to impress Vicky, who doesn't even care about me. And uh, <laughs> jumped out of the plane, and it was really scary and you fall at uh, 200 meters, sorry, 200 feet a second, which is 120 miles an hour. Which, uh, and, and all my friends gave me this good advice, even though they'd never been skydiving. They said, oh, it'll be fine, because you can't see the ground rushing up towards you, so you won't know you're falling. You'll feel like you're floating. Sounds, sounds like good advice. It's not true. Um, you feel like your liver is stuck to your spine, and like everything's gone that way. You know, I'm not sure what's left here, just skin flapping around. And uh, <laughs> I'm just going, ah! Except you swallow your ah, and it kind of and out your nose, and I don't know, it's pretty weird. Uh, so you're going really quickly, and your cheeks are doing this, which I didn't, you know, I didn't even have very big cheeks, but they flapped around and nearly hit my ears. It was ridiculous. And uh, my friend Mark did it at the same time. He, I don't know, maybe he was trying to impress Vicky as well, because he wasn't the kind of guy to jump out of a plane. And... Uh, and he had asthma, so I don't know if he should, probably should have checked the safety thing before he went. And he dived out of the plane, and he paid another, like, I think it was 120 quid just to have some, some guy fall backwards in front of him with a camera like this. So you only fall for about 40 seconds, except we fell for less than that because we had to jump for some strange MI5 height. And then we're falling, and Mark couldn't breathe the entire way down. So it's just a, he paid 120 quid for a video of his face flapping, getting redder and redder. He was ginger to start with, so he got extremely red. And then, uh, anyway, it's, it, was just, it was very funny for us and not for Mark. Um, Anyway, I'm, I'm part with, sorry, I'm going way too long with this story, but it's quite a good story. And then, uh, then there comes the moment where they pull the ripcord, which is, um, you probably know, but it's when they pull the parachute out and you suddenly slow down. So you go from 120 miles an hour to about 40 in about a second. So that's a very, it's like hitting a brick wall in a car at like 60 miles an hour, okay? And, uh, and you have these straps that go here and here. Uh, <laughs> you might know what's coming next. Uh, so he, he taps you on the shoulder because you're doing all this. Yeah, look at me. 
stuff. And then he taps you on the shoulder and you have to pull your arms in. Because if you leave your arms out, you might dislocate it. That's how fast you're going. So then I'm like, this guy, oh no, this is the bit I'm really not going to afford to do. And he pulls the ripcord and you suddenly slam and stop and your legs go right up there. And I might move on to the next bit, actually. Um, it is a really painful memory, literally. Uh, I caught my lefticle and it... <laughs> That's not funny. It, was, it wasn't funny. Still not that funny. Because then, I didn't land heroically, did I? I had a grey face. I looked like porridge. It was ridiculous. I arrived. And I've got the, but I'm trying not to cry too much because I've got a paratrooper on my back and he's well hard and he's got a skinhead and I've just sat on his lap so I'm breathing extra manly just in case, you know, he might be into that sort of thing. And uh, we come down he goes, do you want to control the parachute? And I was like, okay. And I controlled the parachute. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And he took it back off me. I just, the whole thing's a bit of a, a haze, to be honest. I don't really remember much. It was just pain. And then we came to land. And uh, we, you have to run. It's like running off a really fast 40-mile-an-hour escalator. You know how I was asking the guys, apparently there's three escalators in Guernsey. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Is that right? Three? Three shops of escalators? Yeah, three. That's good. That's more than two. And uh, so I came down this, this imaginary escalator at 40 miles an hour, which is much quicker than the Guernsey escalators. And I was like, ah, you have to run, which is hard when you've, you know, and so, and I ended up on one knee, but we did really well, and I had the man kneeling on my knees, which isn't fun, and then, and then, my friend Mark comes, because he hasn't breathed for two and a half minutes, he lands on his face, <laughs> in the grass, actually, <laughs> so now he had a red and green face from all the grass, oh, this has got nothing to do with my talk, okay, so, what I was trying to tell you is, can, do you think Vicky was impressed with me? after that. No, no, she wasn't. She didn't even notice me. So it was a complete waste of 180 pounds and one of my important areas. So what I, what, what I want you to learn is God's a bit like Vicky and that he's, he's not actually impressed by our best efforts or the worst things we've done. But unlike Vicky, he does love me and he does love you as well. Um, Vicky doesn't love you guys, but God does. Um, this, is, this is important because a lot of the time we think and we fall into this thing thinking, well, if I'm really good, then I can earn God's love. And if I'm really bad, then he might not like me anymore. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible makes it really clear that actually God just loves you to the maximum. So if you went around and spent the rest of your life being the best person ever, he'd be like, yeah, that's great. I still love you this much. And if you went around now and just went mental and killed lots of people, God would be like, that really wasn't great, but I still love you this much. Isn't that amazing? I think that's amazing. Um, there's this word in the Bible called sin. Um, and it's, uh, it's actually, before it was used in a religious way, it's an archery term. Did you know that? It's pretty weird, isn't it? Sin is actually comes from archery. And uh, it's not the person who sins in archery, it's the arrow. So if I've got a, uh, an archery board over here and the bullseye is obviously what I'm going to go for today with my archery, with my bow and arrow. And I go, oh, rubbish, the arrow went over there. You say, the arrow sinned. And what that means is that the arrow didn't hit the target which it was destined for, that it was purposed for. So the purpose of this arrow was to hit the target, didn't. The arrow sinned. That's what it means. So when people talk about sin, all it really means is, and it's, it's taken from that idea that actually God has a purpose for us, and that actually if we miss that purpose, that's what sin is. And that that purpose, it's really important we know what that is. The bullseye is, 
is actually being perfect and knowing God. It's those two things. Now, obviously, like Alex just said, none of us are perfect, are we? Uh, and so we have a problem. But uh, oh, this, is, this is tricky because when I'm looking at my notes, there's holes. So there's lots of light shining through it. <laughs> I have to move it around. Um, cool. Sorry. Uh, okay. So I want you to imagine from it. Who knows who Mother Teresa is? Hands up. Good. Half of you. So I'm guessing half of you have never heard of her, right? Hands up if you haven't heard of Mother Teresa. It's not a bad thing if you haven't heard of Mother Teresa. Okay, cool. I'll tell you very quickly. Mother Teresa is probably, if you want to look at like history's great good people, she's in that list. Uh, she was a woman who at the age of eight knew that God was saying, I want you to go to India and I want you to live in the slums and help people. So by the time she died, she had personally lifted out of poverty and out of homelessness 150,000 people. Isn't that amazing? And it wasn't because she was really rich and could afford to buy them all a house. She lived on next to nothing. In fact, I, I know a guy who went to live with her, and uh, she had really crippled feet. And he asked one of the other people there that was working with her, how come Mother Teresa has such crippled feet? And he said, well... It's because we get given second-hand shoes to, to survive off and give to people who are on the street. And she always picks the very worst pair. So for like 60 years, she's been wearing the worst pair of shoes in every pile of second-hand shoes. And she's got all sorts of diseases and things that crippled her feet. Isn't that incredible? Because she always wanted to give what's best to everyone else. And, uh, and she managed to get people um, who were homeless housed, and she managed to get people into hospitals. She built hospitals, she built schools, and she did all of this just by trusting in God. So on the bullseye of life, where do you, on the dartboard, where do you think Mother Teresa hit? Near the bullseye, Near the bullseye yeah. Do you know what? Um, there's someone else very naughty out there who, uh, Adolf Hitler. Has anyone heard of Hitler? Yes, you have. Obviously, I don't need to tell you who he was. Uh, where do you think Hitler might have hit on the dartboard or the, the he missed? Yeah, and just kind of went, <gasps> shot over there. Did really badly. I, I asked Adam where he thought Hitler hit earlier. And uh, no, Andy Bell. I asked Andy Bell. Andy said, I think he just bombed the dartboard. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good answer, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> but do you know what? And this is, I know this is a weird thought, but Mother Teresa and Hitler have got something in common, and that's that neither of them hit the bullseye. Mother Teresa was pretty close, I reckon. But if you, if you went to Mother Teresa and said, oh, you're perfect, she'd have said, no, I'm not. Because she knew that she wasn't. And uh, she became a Christian. And for her, becoming a Christian was really important because she realized that for all the good stuff she was doing, she still needed God's forgiveness for stuff. She still wasn't perfect. And so for us, it's really obvious that we do need God's, uh, we need God's forgiveness. Uh, I'm pretty sure that no one here is as naughty as Hitler, so well done, Guernsey. You've done very well there. Uh, but probably a lot of us aren't quite as awesome as Mother Teresa. Who knows what you'll go and do with your lives? But we all need God's forgiveness. Now, God has got a relationship, okay? So he's not impressed. Like I told you at the beginning, he's not really impressed by what we do right or wrong. That doesn't shock him. It doesn't impress him. He just loves you, which I think is really reassuring, right? That God just loves us because he loves us. But God is also the God... Uh, of holiness. Now, holiness just means being set apart. So God is here, and he's holy, and he's awesome, and there's nothing wrong with God at all. Like, he's perfect. And then there's me, and I'm over here, and, uh, and God's like, awesome, I've made you with a purpose, and your purpose is to know me. That's the, the purpose. You remember the arrow? Purpose is ultimately, I want you to know me. And the rules that I've given you are just because I don't want you to get hurt. 
You know, when people kill each other, that hurts everyone. When people commit adultery, that really hurts. When people steal, that really messes things up. So God gave us some rules which are just common sense stuff. Not because he's boring, but because he loves us and he wants what's best for us. And then there's this problem of sin. Because obviously I've not done things how God wanted me. I've not lived a perfect life by any means. And I've often, sometimes it's accidental, but usually, to be honest, I do stuff that I know I shouldn't do and I do it anyway. And there's a lot of good stuff, actually, that I know I really ought to do, but I never quite get around to it. All of that's the same thing. It's still a problem. And so it's like there's a gap between me and God. And God's like, well, to be honest, Sid, I see past that. I love you the same. It doesn't change anything. But I want you to be with me in heaven. I want it to be perfect. But the trouble is, if I, Sid, go to heaven, heaven's not perfect anymore, is it? Because <laughs> I'd mess it up. I'm not perfect anymore. Uh, sorry, heaven wouldn't be perfect anymore. So God's got this difficult decision. And... Uh, I just wanted to ask you, uh, I saw this for the first time this week. I've never been to Guernsey before. I didn't realize you had your own money. That's really cool. Uh, How much is this worth? Five pounds. Very good. Okay. Would anyone like my five pound note? Ah. This is where we see who's awake and listening. (laughs) Okay. What's your name with the blue flower in your hair? Yeah, you. Charlie. Charlie. Okay. Charlie, do you want this nice five pound note? Okay. What, Charlie, if I put it in my armpit? Do you want it now? No, Charlie doesn't want it. You still want it. What's your name? Rachel. Rachel wants it. But, Rachel, it's now dirty. So, like, if I bought some nice white shoes and then I put dog poo on them and then tried to sell them on eBay, I probably wouldn't get the same amount that I paid for at the shop. Is that true? Yeah. So, this is now dirty. It must be worth, what, three pounds? just a dirty five pound. That's very interesting. Suddenly, Charlie wants it again. Uh, Charlie, what, hold on a minute. What if, what if I walk all over it? Yeah, because do you know what, right? When we feel like we've been walked all over, or when we feel like maybe we're dirty because of something we've done wrong, we think, I'm probably worth less now to God, surely, right? So that's worth, what, two pounds now? Five. Are you serious? Okay, but forget that. What if I really screwed my life up and just sort of threw it away and gave up? Now, surely it's worth nothing. Because if I got my car, I could bought a new car and just crushed it and it looked like that, it would be a write-off, right? So now it's worth nothing. You might as well have it. Do you want it? Why do you want it? It's worth nothing, surely. How much is it worth now? Five pounds. Are you serious? For some reason, that's still worth five pounds to us. Isn't that crazy? I never thought that that's pretty weird. God's the same with you and he's the same with me. No matter what you've done wrong and makes you feel bad or dirty... No matter what other people have done to you, where you feel you've been walked all over, no matter actually if you think you've screwed up beyond what's forgivable, God still loves you the same. And he says, you're still worth the same to me. Now, the good news is you're worth more than a fiver. (laughs) That's good to know, isn't it? Uh, Guys, you're worth more than a fiver. There we go. We can go home. Yeah, I'm worth more than a fiver. Uh, No, uh, God decided that you're worth dying for. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I think Alex talked a little bit about that yesterday. And so we've got this problem of of holiness uh, because God is over here and I'm over here. We've got this problem of sin. Yet he still thinks I'm worth loads, but there's this barrier because obviously he's perfect. So I know that God loves me, but we've got the problem of what I've done wrong. How do we change that? Now, God is the God of justice. Now, that's a good thing as well. It's good that God is the God of relationship. 
the God of holiness, and now he's the God of justice as well. But it's good that he's God of justice, because I don't know, who saw the news with the stuff in Kenya? Anyone see that? That was appalling, wasn't it? I don't know, I've, I've, I've got some schools that I work with out in Kenya, in the slums, and uh, I know Nairobi quite well. And so, for me, it's pretty weird to think I've been some of those places, and then to see that on telly. And that, you know, for all I know, some of the people that I love and have worked with over there could have been in that um, shopping centre, and I don't know yet. Um, But that makes me angry. I see something like that, and I think that is wrong, and I hope someone gets punished. I hope someone gets put in prison, someone gets justice, uh, and, and the families who've lost their loved ones get justice. Is that a good thing to feel? I think that's a good thing to feel. You know, when you see something in the news, someone's been horribly abused or some child's been kidnapped away or something. Do you remember Madeleine McCann? That was all over the news for flipping ages. And the reason is because everyone just thinks, oh, that's not okay. You can't steal a child. Exactly what uh, these guys were doing that, um, that we saw the video earlier. It made, did anyone feel a bit horrified and sick by that? I did. I've, um, Tess and my wife and I have done some stuff in Manchester where we've, we've been on the radio campaigning against human trafficking and we've gone out and uh, some of our friends and us, we, we were talking to people in the street just talking about human trafficking and just off of that we managed to get a couple of leads and uh, some people went to investigate uh, people that might be trafficked. It's the sort of thing that makes us angry. So injustice bothers us, doesn't it? When something really bad happens we think, man, Something should be done about that. I hope that justice prevails. I hope that the bad person gets caught and the person who's been hurt, I hope they get proven to be innocent. The trouble is, when it's about me and I've done something wrong, I'm suddenly less enthusiastic about justice. Does that make sense? (laughs) I'm like, oh, suddenly I don't want to be in trouble. Suddenly I don't want justice. I want to get away with it. And uh, so we have this problem. We know that justice is good, and we know that it's good that God is just and doesn't just allow stuff to go on forever. It's good to know that uh, one day, evil will face, uh, face judgment. It's good to know, isn't it? You know? But it's still a problem for me because I'm not perfect, so I'm going to be stood there with the rest of them going, oh, no, I'm not good enough to get into heaven. So God shows us something amazing. At the cross, what God did was he said, right, I really believe in justice. I believe that punishment should happen for everything that's bad. Punishment for you guys, punishment for Sid. But more than that, I love you guys. So what I'll do is I'll take the punishment on myself so that punishment has been dealt with. Punishment's gone now. It's done. God is satisfied. He's punished himself instead of us and says, right, now you can be my friends. As far as I'm concerned, if you accept my forgiveness and let me be in your life, then we can be friends forever. We can live in heaven for all eternity. I think that's amazing. I know it's quite a big thing to get your head around, but the basics of it is that God loves you We've done things wrong. God has done something about it, something incredible. He's dealt with sin, that problem. And he's offering us now what cost him everything, but is free to you guys because he loves you. He's saying, do you want my forgiveness and my friendship because the purpose that I've given your life is to know me? Now, I don't know how many of you guys tonight have already made a decision like that. Maybe some of you yesterday, you were listening to Alex on stage at Malachi and thinking... Ah, mate, some of the stuff you're saying really makes sense to me. Um, Maybe tonight's the first time you've really thought about it. But um, if you want that friendship, if you want to say, God, that makes sense. I want to be friends with you. You know, in the Bible, Jesus says, and this is really important you get this, actually. He says, I'm the only way to the Father. 
There's no way to the Father except by me. There's no way to get to heaven by earning it, guys. You can give up at that game. <laughs> There's no way of saying, well, I'm pretty good compared to Hitler. Yeah, but you're not compared to Mother Teresa, and even she needed forgiveness. Do you know what I mean? I actually, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, if I had to say, right, guys, at the end of your lives, there's going to be a big cinema screen, and everyone you know or featured in your life is going to sit and watch the whole of your life, not just the things bad that you said or did, but all your thoughts are going to be up there. Oh, man, I would hate that. That would be awful. All the bad thoughts I've thought, all the things I've said behind people's backs, all the bad attitudes I've had, all that even just like stuff that you think, oh, I don't want anyone to know that that happened. We know that we, we all know that we've done stuff wrong. So we know we need God's forgiveness. And the beautiful thing is God has, has paid a, a big price to make it free for us. So if you're thinking tonight, yeah, actually, Sid, I agree. I would like God's forgiveness, and I'd like him to be in my life. I would like God to be in, in charge of my life and have that eternity in heaven guaranteed. Then I want you to do something really, really brave. Um, I'm not going to ask people to bow their heads or anything. I don't want it to be a secret thing. I want you to just put your hand up. If that's you and you think, you know what, I want God's forgiveness. I want you in my life. I was 12 when I made this decision. I just said, you know what, God, I kind of knew God was there, maybe on a cloud with a big beard or something. But actually then someone spoke, just like I am now, and said, do you realize God wants a personal friendship with you? Something that's going to change your whole life. He's not just in the background somewhere. The reason you exist is to have a friendship with God. And it was the biggest decision I ever made. You know, I made decisions about career and about who I'm going to marry and all other oh, big decisions. But this is, this is the biggest decision. Is there anyone here who wants to say, yeah, that's me today. I want that friendship with God. Anybody want to do that? Okay, cool. Well, ah, oh, amazing. That's for you, yeah? That's cool. It's very, very brave of you to put your hand up because everyone knows you're a Christian now. <laughs> but that's all right because actually being a Christian is an awesome thing. It's about saying, yes, God, I want to accept the whole purpose that's for my life and I want to follow you, I want to know you and you're guaranteed. Today, in this moment, you made a decision that will change your entire destiny. I think it's really exciting. You're going to go to heaven but also God's got plans for your whole life now and I'm going to talk a bit more about that in my talk uh, later on this afternoon. I want to talk about the adventure that God has got planned for you. Hi, we are Malachi. Cheers for listening to the free download from Resonate. Please feel free to listen to the other yeah. sessions. Jesus loves you. Bye-bye. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>